Hey there, everyone. My name is Grady Milligan, and I want to welcome you to the Vineyard Church Conversations, a space for healthy dialogue about the serious and the silly, a place to explore the sacred and beautiful things that make up our journey together. I am so excited about this, the second part of a two-part conversation that I got to have with Becky Carlisle. So if you missed last week's episode of the Vineyard Church Conversations, make sure to pause and go back and listen to that because we got to talk so much about amazing things like the ministry of hospitality. It was awesome and it rolls right into this episode in which Becky and I will talk a lot about vulnerability and a bunch of other great stuff. So. Go listen to episode one if you missed it. If not, thank you for tuning in to this, the second part of our conversation with Becky Carlisle. Thanks for being here. Okay, so Becky, we talk about um, vulnerability in Mm -hmm. um, a lot of senses every time we have one of these conversations. But I mean, we almost always ask Mm -hmm. like a really direct question about it, Mm -hmm. but you uh, talk about this as like a big part of people getting Uh healthy and things you care about. And Uh like, it's, it's not a small part of like the Becky vocabulary right now. Mm -mm. So I don't know, where is Becky at with vulnerability mm-hmm. in, in the world and as it mm-hmm. as it pertains to you and your health and like what part do you think it's playing in the world and in just the Becky story right now yeah well okay so one of my heroes and if I ever get to meet her I'll probably fall down and die in that minute is Brene Brown <laughs> right um oh she's awesome and here's what I love about Brene Brown uh you know, she's not, she was not one of the first people to talk about vulnerability, but she was one of the first people to put numbers and research to vulnerability um, and to start measuring what makes people feel connected, what makes people feel safe, what makes people feel um, like they can be bold or brave. Mm, yeah. And so... Uh, it's the great combination of loves for me of like the social research and the social yeah. science and the relationships. Mm. And uh, so I that just, the sweet spot. <laughs> it is the sweet spot. Man. I just could sit there all day long. Um, and so, you know, she has come along and ha- has really changed a, a national conversation yeah. about what it means to be emotionally and relationally healthy. And I think that the reason that I went into social service slash mental health slash therapy is because what I really want to see happen and the thing that like makes me get very like clappy hands, yay, like yeah. all all the praise hands for the yeah. Lord is when I see relational and emotional health happening. Now here's the thing. I have broken relationships in my life. Hmm. Yeah. I've had relationships that I've really treasured that have broken down and some of that has been their fault. Some of it has been my fault. Most of the time it's like all of the above's fault, you know? Right. And um And so I feel like there's, and that happens for everybody. Like it's unfortunately like a part of life, you know? And so I feel like the reason that I hold on to vulnerability and I love talking about vulnerability as like an entire, um, uh, like overarching theme in life is because I feel like it's probably, um, nearly impossible to either move on from broken relationships or to heal from broken or learn Mm. from broken relationships if we aren't coming from a place of vulnerability. And I also don't see how you make 
new relationships with people oh, yeah? without vulnerability. Um, and so a lot of times people think of the word vulnerability and they think making yourself weak because we use the term vulnerability like, oh, I'm vulnerable, meaning, oh, I'm open to attack. Oh, I'm open to yeah. um, being injured or something like that. And and that's not really what the term uh, means when we're talking about like relational health. Yeah. Like vulnerability yeah. means like openness mm. and a willingness for people to see the sides of you that are not the curated, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily like best sides of yeah. you. Um, and so, you know, like Brene Brown talks about vulnerability being having a very soft front, but a strong back. Mm, yeah. Um, and I love uh, that I like image that, yeah. where you are a soft front, but a strong back where it, you're not vulnerable in a way that someone's going to come over and just, you know, knock you down or like beat you up. Like that's, we're not supposed to be putting ourselves in places where we can get injured, right? but we are to be soft. And, Mm. um, and so that has just, it's just resonated with me. Mm. And I think that there's just, and honestly, I was kind of thinking about this earlier today. I kind of like when I think about myself in my early twenties and mid twenties, I like irritate myself. I'm like mm. irritated when I think about how I was, okay. you know, cause I mean, we all change as we age and things like that. But when I was in my early twenties and stuff, I just, I was much more, I, I, I was just less likely, I should say to be vulnerable. I was, I, I was very much like, you know, I've had this like hard stuff happen and I'm bummed about this, but like, it's fine. It's fine. Like I'm totally fine. Uh, like I would use okay. that kind of idea all the time. And I wouldn't really let people know if I was really ticked off yeah. or really hurt or really, um, sad about something. I just felt like I was supposed to be, um, you mm. know, optimistic and happy and support everyone. And then, you know, as I got older, I think that, I, I just had to not do that as much anymore. And yeah. I have let people see like when I'm a little bit more irritated and I've had moments where like I let my emotions out and sometimes I regret it and sometimes I don't, <laughs> Sure, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, it's more reflective of like who I really am in this. And, and so you know, I can think of a couple examples where, um, being vulnerable for me has meant admitting that I've screwed up. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, where I have the worst one. I know it's the (laughs) worst one. It's the one that like makes my stomach hurt for days and weeks on end sometimes, unfortunately. But you know, like you do something and you're like, that was dumb. Hmm. Like that was not reflective of who I am or, 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 you know, I wasn't giving that person my best or I just was being a jerk face, you know? And then you have to apologize for that. And so Mm. at the times that I've needed, you know, I've tried to do that. I don't do it perfectly, but I've tried to do that. And that's the more vulnerability. Like, yeah, you're right. I, I messed up. Like that was, that bad is on me. Well, and the shame wells up, right? Like the other part of that conversation being like uh, the shame doesn't want you to be vulnerable. Like, and and I I know I experienced that a lot that you know, mm-hmm. like you said, the feeling sick to the stomach for yeah. a day or like four weeks. Um, yeah. and, oh man, it, it makes it very hard to want to be vulnerable in the first mm-hmm. place or certainly to be vulnerable the next time you're supposed to, but yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah. So I think about like the soft front hardback, like, and you know, Brene Brown talks about this. So these are not my own original ideas. I need to give credit where credit is due, but like the soft front, like strong back, idea is an idea of someone being like, Hey, like, how are you doing? And then 
you know, answering honestly. So if you're, if how you're doing that day is pretty crummy and you're really sad, you know, I can imagine starting to say I've got a friend or something or just an acquaintance. It's like, Hey, how are you today? And I just look at them. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I like feel like I'm on the verge of tears today. Like I'm just not doing well. Yeah. Like that's me being vulnerable. And there's a chance that that person could be like, Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And then the conversation right. goes dead and awkward and quiet, sure. you know? And so in that moment I was vulnerable, but I have that strong back to remember that just because they didn't respond or maybe even if I did make them feel uncomfortable, that's okay. You mm, know, like yeah. it's not like I did anything wrong. It's okay to be, you know, like I can, you know, stand strong in that. Um, and then there's that chance that the person's like, I'm so sorry, you know, and they respond right. and they're not necessarily weirded out by my like right. extreme vulnerability. Well, now there's human connection, like yeah. actual connection, actual potential there for connection. Yeah. So there's risk in it because it's mm-hmm. like, I could be vulnerable and it might, you know, I could have that soft front and it might not be, um, received well. Right. And so that's why I have to have the strong back to be like, okay, this isn't about me or anything like, that. you know, like I, I did what I needed to do and I was honest about myself or where I'm at that moment. And then there's also the chance there that it could be received really well and it could be a moment of connection. And when we're vulnerable, it breeds vulnerability. So the second that someone's really honest about like, I'm having a crummy day, then all of a sudden everyone else is like, you know what? I think I am too. And then you have these moments to like, Hey, we're all struggling in this similar area. Let's encourage each other. And it's like, well, that's amazing. You know? So this is why I, I, um, like I'm such a like advocate for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I just feel like it's the roots of connection. And I just, mm. it's hard for me to connect with someone. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. Mm. And there's like nothing else there. Yeah. You know, I'm but like, I okay. Think, I think there's like a lesson and like a trust and a challenge all in just answering the thing, honestly, because like for the person who just uh, societally mm-hmm. says, how are you? But mm-hmm. doesn't give a rip. Well, Mm -hmm. and then they start actually getting answers they didn't want because they don't actually care. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, maybe this is being like human formationally optimistic. I hope Mm -hmm. that at some point they'd be like, it may not be okay that I never actually care. Mm -hmm. And these people keep answering and I don't like that they want to tell me. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe this is a chance for formation. Or to, you could have a friend who's act. But then there's also like a trust thing of like Mm -hmm. your friend could be asking how you are because they actually give a rip about you. Yeah. And you're and you are denying them by saying, oh, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because it can go both ways. Like Mm -hmm. the person who is actually asking and willing to walk in that with you and and they and and that person who actually does care and is ready for whatever answer. Mm -hmm. They're being vulnerable by saying, how are you? Mm -hmm. You know, for so for us to. I don't know. And sometimes, you know, hurting people hurt people. You know, sometimes yeah. we're like at the, I, I actually do this a lot. Like in the one moment that I'm like hurting or struggling and at mm-hmm. my deepest level, really just dying for some vulnerable, real connection with someone. Cause it's a hard day or something mm-hmm. is, you know, unfortunately the exact same day that the person's saying, Hey, mm-hmm. how are you, man? The stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't want me to get well. Yeah. Makes me kind of almost like snappy to that person mm-hmm. or something when it's literally like, you know, and, and, and I have better days where I actually go back and maybe yeah. apologize and then, then mm-hmm. you have the new connection. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's other days that by the time I go home, I'm like, that's literally what I, what I wanted. Yeah. And I just said no to it. I know. Yeah. I see that happen in a lot. Like, um, I've had this come up when I've talked with people like in premarital counseling and marital counseling and stuff about... Um, even between spouses and things, mm-hmm. not feeling like they can or want to be vulnerable even with each other mm. because of, you know, 
just strange dynamics and they yeah. don't want to be honest about something or, or and a lot of times it's like, we don't want to be vulnerable because we're, um, in pain, hmm. you know? So it's like, no, instead of saying, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Then we're just sort of like, Hey, you ticked me off hmm. when really it's not like they just, I mean, they did make you angry, but like, because when someone says, Hey, that really hurt my feelings. That's like a real place of vulnerability as opposed to like, you ticked me off. Like mm -hmm. the responses in communication between that are usually pretty different. And so right. yeah. And I've had this thought too, even with my own kids as my kids have gotten older and we have more and more talks about, um, like emotional regulation, essentially, mm -hmm. like yeah. how do we, you know, actually know how we're feeling about something, talk about that in a way that is appropriate and, and share that with people. You Which know is I mean? awesome that you're talking with your yeah, kids about that. My like, poor kids, they have to talk about stuff that like most <laughs> like 10 year olds don't have to talk about. But it means they can do it when they're 30 that's and everything is busted. Yeah. So. That's the hope. Like I'm trying to minimize, I'm trying to give them as many tools as I can so that when they have to deal with a lot of this stuff on their own as adults, uh, they don't feel quite as lost. Well, and, and having an external vocabulary for the internal is, yeah. um, oh man, like nothing well, there's always something, but like not many things feel as bad as like yeah. feeling trapped in the stuff that's swirling mm -hmm. around, but you weren't given the vocabulary or the mm -hmm. tools to explain it. And not only are you maybe trapped by mm -hmm. people or a situation that don't like that doesn't care, but you might actually have people that care mm -hmm. and you're secondarily trapped by not even being able to talk about it. Yeah. So I, I to hear, um, parents doing that and, yeah. and you know I've been really thankful too I mean like like just like any church in the world mm -hmm. it's not this isn't a perfect church mm -hmm. but like I, I I've really enjoyed watching um <laughs> like watching some of you guys in this church that are like my favorite parents in the church like teach kids things mm -hmm. or or attempt to teach kids things that like I only found out about like a year or two ago yeah. and am getting help from, but also thinking I, w why didn't I know about this until I was 24? Like universe, yeah. where were you? Like, yes, where was I have everybody? So much of that experience yeah. too. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so intentional with my own kids. I'm like, I really need you to not have to be dealing with this when you're 34. Like I was, you can <laughs> deal with it when you're 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I do. Cause I have this yeah. thought of, you know, and, and I, I, I talk about this in my human development class when we're talking about what, um, what are the best methods for learning for kids? Um, and by far modeling is how kids learn. Like they learn by watching, they learn by modeling what they're seeing. And yeah. so I think about that with my kids. And then I also think about that, not the, a mentoring relationship is like a, a parent child relationship, but there's some teaching kind of happening there. Sure. But I think about the idea of modeling and it's like, okay, with my kids at least, you know, when my kids ask me, mom, how was your day? Like, I want to answer in a way that is actually honest, but then also like age appropriate for them. So sometimes I'm really intentional about like, if I've had a bad day and I'm like upset or stressed about something, my kids say, mom, how was your day? I'll be like, Hey, you know what? My day was kind of hard. Hmm. Like I'm kind of bummed out today. Hmm. And they will be like, Oh, well, what's wrong? And I'll be like, Oh, and I'll just say, Oh, you know, there was some stuff at work today. It was irritating or, Oh, I just feel tired. You know, I'll, I'll kind of find an age appropriate way to sure, right. explain why I'm potentially like having a hard day or something. Right. And then we'll kind of talk about that. Cause I just think, man, like I don't want my kids to ever think that when I ask them the question, how are you doing that they need to give me like uh, not completely 
you know, full answer that they, that the expectation is like, oh, I'll just, I can't really share how I'm really doing with my mom or with my, with my dad or whatever, um, because that might be uncomfortable, you know? So, or I could even be like punished for it or yeah. 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 I, I mean, I know that that does happen. And so I'm just really intentional about trying to find ways to even show that I'm going to choose to be vulnerable, even with my kids, because I think about, I, I, you know, I'll project out like, okay, what happens when my, one of my kids is 28 years old and then they've been, you know, they've had like their first big, like married couple fight or something like that. Right. And I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I don't want them to be like, Oh yeah, everything's fine. Like, I want them to be able to be like, it's been like a hard couple weeks. And I want to be like, I'm so sorry. Hmm. I'm praying for you. How can we help? Like, yeah. do you need help with something? Like, how can we support you? Because, like, yeah, this is your life to live, but, like, you don't have to live it in isolation. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting me know how you're really doing so I can figure out a way to potentially be of any help that I possibly could. And yeah. so I th- I just think about stuff yeah. like that. And human connection again. Yeah. And not taking for granted that, like, your proximity, even, like, relational proximity, mm-hmm. like, like that is your child or mm-hmm. this is your best friend or mm-hmm. that person sits next to you in the aisle in church. Like not taking for granted that just because any of those things are connections mm-hmm. that they're just going to make deep connection because of just the fact that they're there. Yeah. Like there are enough broken families and broken family relationships mm-hmm. in the world to know that like blood doesn't just equal we trust and connect with one another. Yeah. So actually doing the work. Well, and the thing, so this maybe connects like this stuff about vulnerability mm-hmm. with even discussions about hospitality and, mm-hmm. and also better understandings of mental health and faith and loving people. Well, mm-hmm. um, the thing I think about too, cause we've, you know, and it's good to talk about this cause like you said, I think we have a little bit of an unhealthy optimist or unhealthy, mm-hmm. like shove it down and just move forward. I, I think we've yeah. talked mainly about the hard stuff and connecting mm-hmm. with the hard stuff and letting the hard stuff out and trusting mm-hmm. each other with it. But man's like, you can guarantee people are not going to have a chance to experience and share actual joy mm-hmm. or actual elation or actual like mm-hmm. wonder and the, and the mm-hmm. good stuff of life mm-hmm. together. Cause that's also vulnerable and hard mm-hmm. if they're not being allowed to deal with the, the, the bottom stuff. Like yeah. I think if you can't lament together, you have no chance in the universe to celebrate together. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it will not happen. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's all emotions. Like yeah. if you, it, it, it kind of boils down. Like I think a lot of times people think like, well, I can show my happy emotions, but I won't show my sad emotions or stuff. But it has not been my but, experience. Yeah. What happens is, <laughs> yeah. What happens is people, you just kind of lose it all. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I very much do. <laughs> Yeah. I wish I didn't, you know? You, you just kind of lose it all. It's kind of like either you're going to let yourself feel your feelings or you're not going to feel the feelings. Oh, yeah. Um, like it, and even like, uh, here I go, even on a biological level, yeah. like we're not wired for <laughs> selectivity when it comes to our emotional response. That compartmentalization is like It doesn't fake. happen. Like we don't, are, <laughs> yeah. we don't have the ability to kind of be like, oh, I'm only going to feel my happy emotions and I'm not going to feel the sad emotions. Like biologically, our brains just don't work like that. No matter how much uh, Enneagram 7s think they can. <laughs> no, no matter how much any Enneagram type thinks that we they can. We love you, can. Lindsay. I know. Um, I do love her. Um, so... Yeah, it it doesn't matter, like, when you decide to get rid of some or to push down some without even realizing it, you're going to get rid of a lot of the ones that you don't really, you know, want to be losing. So, and and that's the hard 
part of, a, I think, a lot of aspects of life is that we kind of want to be able to um, think that we have the power to kind of pick and choose. Like, I'm going to feel the happies, but I'm not going to feel the sads. Um, but if, you know, we block those out, we end up losing all of those feelings like we and we end up numbing out all the time and then kind of not when someone says how are you feeling you're like i don't know what feeling what i have feelings question mark i don't know um and it's the same thing with um you know like relationships it's like we have to choose to be vulnerable with people that we're not necessarily super comfortable being vulnerable with because we it's not like we can choose to only be vulnerable with the people that we know really well, because to get to know someone really well, you have to be vulnerable with them before you know them really well. Right. Yeah. So it's all practice. It's all within the same range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and I, you can only practice mm-hmm. being a whole human one way. Yeah. Like you, if you try to be like in any of these areas we've talked about, if yeah. you're trying to only grow that here or mm-hmm. only practice this part of it, Mm-hmm. Like the only way to practice being a healthy mm-hmm. whole human, loving other humans better, mm-hmm. is to is to do all of it, yeah. which is much me- much messier. Yeah, which is like that's like oh, that I don't want to do that, but yeah. that's also why it's but it's where all the beauty is too. Yeah, you know? and that's why I've been like really loving Jesus a lot more lately, <laughs> honestly, because. Yeah. Um, there's been a picture and, and again, this is why I like irritated myself in my twenties, I think is because I had the picture that if I love Jesus enough and I made myself enough like Jesus, that I wouldn't make so many mistakes Mm. that the idea was that I was like becoming like a better person, Mm. meaning no sad, no bad kind of person. Um, and then what I've realized is that that's not the most accurate way that that goes. Like, that's not really the gospel. The gospel is really about we stay close to Jesus because that actually gives us room for um, Hmm. not having to be perfect or right all the time. It's like the Lord is with us because when we are being our most human selves, sometimes that's going to be kind of ugly. Oh, yeah. And Jesus is there to help us manage that and for grace for that. And so Jesus is there to help us have grace on ourselves for the times where we're ugly. And then we are also reminded that Jesus is with the person that we potentially injured and that Jesus is there to help them as well. And Jesus stands as an intermediary to help us, you know, potentially bridge like any kind of like you know, brokenness in that relationship potentially, like not always, but a lot of the time. And, and so that's what I've been really loving is I actually feel like the, um, the amazing thing that that like one of the most amazing gifts that Jesus has given us in his presence and his continued presence in our lives is the ability to be like fully human and all of the mess of that. And the picture of Jesus becoming, you know, like God in human flesh and in Jesus, that is the picture of like, oh, it is okay to be human and to be messy. And there is, you know, there is hope and grace for that. Like the idea here is not to like perfect you into something. It's the idea here is to let you be fully human and Jesus Mm -hmm. is with you and everyone else in that. (laughs) Now, again, that's a really vulnerable place because that's like, I'm going to be human (laughs) and I'm going to like mess up. And for like someone that's maybe got a little bit of a wing one idealist, (laughs) right? it's not the most comfortable place to be all the time. But I've been finding a lot of comfort in that. Hmm. Grace is so much more freeing, but grace is, Mm -hmm. it's so weird. It's like the freedom and the hope, but Mm -hmm. somehow 
it's the hardest thing to accept because, yeah. well, and some of it is like, it does start with admitting that you don't have it together mm-hmm. and that's less than fun. Yeah. And I'm the person that like, I have, I, most often I have like all the grace in the world for everyone else. Oh, and I'm yeah. very, very hard on myself, Oh yeah. you know, and there's this ridiculous meme. I need a shirt that says that. Yeah. Just so people know that's like what they're walking I into. Know. <laughs> I know. I really should get that. Um, it's, <laughs> we could sell a lot of this. Uh, yeah, for um, real. So there's this ridiculous meme, and I don't know if, I think my oldest son found it, which is hilarious, um, but he showed it to my husband and then showed it to me, and my husband and I were just both cracking up because we're both these, like, really driven, firstborn, hard-on-ourselves kind of people, um, and it's this meme of this guy, like, singing or something, and, like, someone asked him the question of, like, how are you doing? And he goes, oh, thanks for checking in, but I'm still a piece of garbage, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous because it's, like, that, it, that feels like me so often where I'm, like, oh, my gosh, you're so nice. Like, thank you for checking in. How am I doing? Oh, I'm still just a terrible person. <laughs> like, I'm still a piece of garbage, you know? Like, because I have no grace for myself and I have all the grace for other people a lot of time. Mm. Um, and so it's been good for me to kind of try to sit with this idea that, like, me being fully human um, looks like being messy, but that doesn't actually mean that I'm, you know, fulfilling that meme, I guess. <laughs> so, I just being a person. And God really person. likes people. I know. He came to save weird? people. So yeah. I guess we have to be them. Gosh, it's weird. So, yeah, so to end a little different than we how we've ended these, because you kind of just rolled right into usually my, like, big, you know, end of the movie moment. Yeah. Fin- final about question. what I like most about Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what I like about most about, Je- I can just wrap it up in like one sentence. Okay. What I really like most about Jesus is that, um, and especially lately it's been, it's felt relevant for my life and a lot of the people around me, um, that like Jesus just isn't afraid of the mess. In fact, it was like Jesus was drawn to the mm-hmm. mess, um, and drawn to people that were kind of scary. If mm-hmm. that, you know, like that sounds like maybe a potentially weird thing to say, but, um, mm. yeah, that has been what I have been loving most about Jesus lately. And as I've been mm. like, um, reading through the gospels, like this year, it's just, I've just been trying to stay in the gospels. And, yeah. um, so that's what I have been loving most lately is that like Jesus is also an amazing picture of, um, vulnerability, um, and not playing it safe and all that kind of stuff. So if you are scared or Mm -hmm. scary, Mm -hmm. Jesus is very much loving you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That is a great way to put that. If you are scared or you are scary, (laughs) Jesus is still right there with you. Yeah. And that is very comfortable. I mean, if you read me. the book, it sometimes like seems a little preferentially mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus <laughs> moved in a way the... that scared his disciples. His <laughs> disciples were often like, um, <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm going to do this scary. Thing. Yeah. Well, my great, like the one that I love, like, I don't, I don't love preaching on it, but I have preached on it before is like the woman at the well, you yeah. know? And you know, Jesus is hanging out with the woman at the well and it's completely like, culturally not an appropriate situation. And the disciples come back and they're like, Lord, maybe you should like come over here and eat some food. They're a little bit like, are you like hangry? What's happening? Why are you making this very poor, dangerous choice, to, you know, to, you know, fraternize with this woman out in public like this. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, see, that's what I, that's what I like to see. Like even freaking out the disciples. Yes. I'm like, that's cool. 
if you're scared or scary. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, and so I guess, yeah, to maybe end slightly different than normal, we we started um, with dad jokes, and we will end with uh, what what is like maybe one or two uh, of like the embarrassing stories Mm -hmm. that like your friends or family would tell about the Becky life. Yeah, I feel like I, sometimes my gift to people... And it literally has been like people are like, this is the best gift you've ever given me is me (laughs) (laughs) like, like, like falling down or like physical comedy. So I'm one of those people like I, okay, I truly love, 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 love physical comedy. Like the, if you like put on a show and like people are like, um, you know, like falling down or like throwing themselves into a ceiling fan or just like, I don't know. I just crack up about it yeah. like, way too hard. Um, and <laughs> it, it just is like this weird, cause it seems like not really my personality, but at the same time I kind of like love it. Um, and so, but I have done this in my mm-hmm. own life. So I have two really good stories. Okay, let's do it. One is the time that I gave, uh, one of my dearest friends, Alicia, the best gift of her life <laughs> on her birthday. Okay. Okay. We went out to, uh, there was a group of us who went out to a very fancy, restaurant like right on the water in Knoxville and uh we were at dinner and a bunch of us went up to you know go to the restroom when we were walking back and um I didn't realize it but it looked like there were two glass doors that like double opened you know but the reality was is that it was only one door and the other side was like glass wall okay (laughs) but as I was like kind of just having fun and I also want to mention that I had not had anything to drink thank you very much um but as we were like walking back I like my friend walked to like the door side and I was walking to the other side because I was thinking that it was gonna and so I just like walked right in to this glass wall like full on walked into it and that's different than oh make a joke out of it it was not (laughs) to do it like I did not mean to do it I really thought that the wall was going to move like a door moves and it just didn't and we were like the sphincter and so I do this and so my friend that was walking there she like stops and she was losing she spun around and was laughing like spinning giggling and I just stood there Uh and I was like I couldn't believe this and Alicia comes down and she saw it and one of the, and our waiter actually saw me do it too. And the waiter was so amused. Like he was like doubled over, like had to hold on to like the counter was like laughing so hard. And he just looked at me, she's like, you've got to see what your friend just did. And so like I walked into a wall and to this day four, like if you ask Alicia about it, she's like, that's one of the best birthday presents I've ever received in my yeah, life was the time that I walked into a door. And I was like, I will do it for you every birthday if you want yeah. until we are both old and like nearly, you know, gone. Like I just, so that was one of my gifts And now we immortalize it here. Yeah. And I just <laughs> love talking about it. And then the other one was, um, is actually when Adam and I were dating. Okay. And we, um, we lived about an hour north of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, and yeah. so when we were going on dates and stuff like that, we'd always, you know, drive to Columbus cause there was nothing in our small town. So we'd drive to Columbus. So we had been dating for a couple months yeah. and of course we were like totally in love and I'm still always trying to impress him and everything. And he had this super cool Nissan 300 ZX. Okay. It's like the kind of car that like a 17 year old boy should not be allowed to drive, but somehow he had this car. Okay, Sure. So like the name is just a bunch of letters and numbers. Yeah. (laughs) It was just a really cool car. Okay. Um, and we loved that car. It was just amazing. So, you know, he's driving us. We're going on this date in Columbus and I 
like, was just sitting in the car, and I must have been sitting kind of awkwardly or something, because I could kind of tell that my leg had fallen asleep a little bit. Yeah. But like, I didn't think it was like that big of a deal. <laughs> so we get to the movie theater, and I'm like, and the car is one of the, it's like sitting really low to the ground, you yeah, know. Yeah. So like, you open the door, and you like really gotta use your legs to like get yourself out of the car. <laughs> so I didn't realize that my outside leg was as asleep as it was, <laughs> and so I go to get out of the car, and I like open the door, and I step down, and I try to lift myself up, and my leg is asleep. And I just straight up fall out of the car, like yeah. roll out of the car. I'm pretty sure the door like hit the car next to us, like bumped their oh. car. You're like, I fell out. And I was just like, um, are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm fine. And then I just like die laughing because I had just fallen out of this car. Like, and then I couldn't out. even really stand up really well because my leg was still really asleep. So I just was, I mean, making a fool of myself. But here's the thing. It's just real life. And I, like, love those stories. Now, of course, in the moment, I was dying. Oh, yeah. Like, just wanted to run away and never be seen by any human being ever again. Yeah. Um, but now I love those stories. Yeah, and I'm sure Adam treasures it forever. Oh, yeah. And he, like, he kind of can't remember it, but, like, I distinctly remember it. <laughs> like, it is seared he into my memory. Traumatized. It, yeah, he was traumatized. Yeah. I think he got, like, a good chuckle out of it, you know, but he probably found it like, oh, she's hilarious and endearing, where I'm like, I'm dying. It shaped the rest of your days. <laughs> it shaped the rest of my days in, in ways that are just not, you know, not. Yeah. Not good. And I've had, I mean, there's like tons of embarrassing, you know, <laughs> stories and stuff out there. A lot of them are like things that my kids have done, like while we're in public. But then, of course, when your kids do stuff in public, it reflects on the parent. Oh, yeah. All that kind of So I have lots of those and things. But, yeah. These were great. Yeah. Becky, you're great. Ah, thank you for, like, thank you for sharing. And, and also, thank you for, uh, even in this space, you know, practicing the very thing we're talking about and being willing to be vulnerable and share about things you care deeply about, but also like literally just to sit here with microphones mm -hmm. and like share so much of yourself for a bunch of people to hear. That's like really vulnerable work and yeah. not like not, not, not to be belittled at all. So yeah. thank you for no, doing it. Thanks for inviting me. This is really fun. You're awesome, Becky. Ah, oh, thanks. Fist bump again. Yeah, there it is. I feel like that may be a thing. Maybe we fist pump every yeah. time. I don't know. So I can do that. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Yay. Becky's awesome. You should uh, find her and hang out with her at church and out Come and about. Come to my house and eat pizza. Yeah, go eat pizza. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You don't really. Honestly, ignore everything else you heard in this podcast. Go eat pizza with the Carlisles. <laughs> it's, it's what will heal you and make things better. <laughs> We're <agree>. signing off. <laughs> Bye. So that is it for this week's episode of the Vineyard Church Conversations. We hope that you feel the love of the Lord wherever you are and that you know that God is not afraid of the mess and that the Lord is with you where you are and you are safe in God's love. We're going to end this podcast by praying our prayer together like we do every week. So if you know this prayer, maybe pray along with me wherever you are or wherever you're listening. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you alone are King. Give us wisdom, courage, and kindness that we might bear your image well. Unify us in heart, soul, and purpose that the world might know your love. Make us your hands, generous and compassionate. Make us your feet, valiant and steady. In service to you and all you've created, give us love greater than fear. Onward for your kingdom, we're declaring your worth, finding our worth in you, and joining you in the renewal of all things. Amen. We'll see you soon. Amen.